Hello and welcome to the sixth, sixth episode number six of Finding My Voice. And I will not retake that. Um, I will keep it in for charming and hilarious reasons. Well, um, I just came back from the bank. And, uh, well, because my I, I said my name change went through last week, finally. It took a little extra because of one of my middle names. Um, and the bank told me that it would take an extra week. Um, you know what? I'm going to get to the story. I'm just going to... I'm just going to do a little little quick index of what's going to happen today. I'm going to talk about the thing with the bank and um, something it occurred to me when I was there. Then I am going to do a hot take on uh, role-playing. And um, everyone loves hot takes. <laughs> and then I'm going to finish off, not with a sonnet this time. I was thinking about which sonnet to use, but I realized I don't actually want this to be the sonnet podcast. I, there will be a lot of sonnets, don't worry. But I'm going to do something a little different this time. All right, let's start. I was at the bank because now that my name has changed, I don't want to lose um, lose my money by not being able to take it out because, you know, it's in someone else's name. Um I also need to be able to to pick up my medicine because I ordered it in my actual name, and um, if I don't have you know proper ID, I won't actually be able to collect it. And my meds are kind of important to me. Um, and I I spoke to the bank last week, and they told me well it'll take about a week for the systems to be updated, but it'll all be automatic. But you will have to come into an office uh, once everything's done, so that we can just uh, fix your bank ID. Uh, we have like digital bank ID in Sweden. And so I waited a week, you know, like he asked me to. And today when it was supposed to be done, it wasn't. I logged in to my app and it still had my old name. So I called them and they say, oh, look at this. Um, oh, first of all, first of all, we had this whole, uh, this whole spiel where they got really confused. They looked at my name and they looked at my new name and they were like, I, I told them, I just said, I've just changed my name and I, I was told to wait and it'll update automatically and it hasn't. So I informed them all that, that I've changed my name. And, and the person I spoke to, she looked uh, at my names and she sounded confused. And then she's like, oh wait, hang on. Am I speaking to his mother or his sister? And I'm like, no, you're talking to me. Oh, well, no, okay, but no. Uh, uh, who am I speaking to? And like, she was really confused and couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I used to have my dead name and my name was now Katerina. And I understand that a lot of people don't meet, haven't met a trans person. And a lot of people haven't thought about trans people. But it, it blows my mind that in this day and age, uh, there are people who simply don't understand that we even exist. And they can't fathom the notion that, that someone changed their name across their perceived gender borders. I mean, doesn't, shouldn't like a little bell have rung in the back of her head? Seriously? I, I'm sure like she's not a horrible bigot. Well, I don't know. Maybe she is. But it's just, I just cannot understand why that confused her that much. I can get a small confusion. Oh, I see you're trans. I get it. You know, but no, she spent a lot of time confused. And then she connected me to someone else because she couldn't like, she couldn't wrap her head around it. And it kind of depressed me. Like, why is that so hard? Like, 
I actually, I, I think I did sound a bit annoyed after she asked a couple of times, like, wait, am I speaking to, to, and then that name, I'm speaking to his mother or, or, or sister or daughter? I said, no, you're speaking to me. You have one person with one social security number on your screen and you have two names. As I explained, I've changed my name. What? So, so you're his sister. I'm like, no, you're speaking to me. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Um, I just cannot, like, I, I wasn't angry. I was just, I was getting frustrated with the call. And this is someone who works in customer service for the bank. Like, how hard is it for any company to simply make sure that their employees that deal with customers are at least aware that trans people exist? It's just, I just can't. It's so weird. Well, anyway, um, it's still a, it's still a good story. It's a good day, cause yes, my, na I had to go to the bank physically, and I did, and my name is now changed. Uh, they've sent a new bank card, um, so yeah, I will be able to pick up my, um, uh, my medicine when it arrives in a couple of weeks. So everything's good. All right. Um, so what have I learned from that? I am flabbergasted how little people understand that I exist. How are people going to care about my trans care if people don't even understand that trans people exist? So here, you, my wonderful listener, um, you have a mission in life. Because I assume if you're still with me, you are somewhat of an ally. Uh, and um, if you find anything I say about my journey in the least bit interesting... How about you tell a colleague tomorrow about the interesting thing you heard about me? I sound so self-observant. I just tell everyone about me, how awesome I am. And uh, that's not what I mean, even though I am. Um, I mean, people should just know. And it is, it is fascinating because we are challenging a norm that people rested their whole view of reality on. Uh, and it should be fascinating to learn about these things. I find it fascinating, and I know a lot of stuff already. Observing the effects of my medication is just amazing. I am fascinating. I'm charting myself. I am uncharted. Like it's so cool. <laughs> but yes. Um, so if you if you think anything about what you learn about me is interesting, tell a colleague or a friend. Uh, and if and and if they ask you a question that you can't answer, or if you, they try to dispute something or question something and you can't really respond, tell them, I'll get back to you. And then you come back to me. Uh, let's be honest, most of people listening to this are my friends or family. Uh, and if you're not, uh, queencaddis.com is my blog and you can comment on this entry there if you have a question and I will love to answer it and help you out. Because I live for educating the world about my existence. The world will be so much easier if people weren't completely oblivious to the possibility of me existing. It's so weird. I'm sorry. I'm not nagging, but it's so weird. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> yes. I invite you to talk about me. No, not me specifically. You can talk about this hypothetical person who is trans, you know. If you learned anything that you find interesting, spread it around. And then if you encounter a question, come back to me and I will gladly answer. Right. Moving on. Role-playing hot take. Nerf healers. Yes. Healers need to be nerfed in most role-playing games. And I'm going to focus on Dungeons & Dragons because that is the benchmark of most role-playing. Um, if it's deserved, I'm not going to say it isn't. But, well, okay, fine. It was kind of first and it is the most popular. And so, like, it's it's the most, you know, uh, memeable 
role-playing game, I suppose. But yes, um, role-playing, especially in fantasy role-playing, usually have a mechanics for healing your characters. Um, and especially Dungeons and Dragons, because Dungeons and Dragons, there's, it's, it's very combat-oriented. You don't have to play it for the combat, but the rules are very combat-centered. And so you have your characters that can heal. So when someone's hurt, you use your spell or whatever healing uh, mechanic you have for your character, and boop, the person's feeling good again. Um, and sure, that works great in like a, in a video game context. And, and if you really want to do strategize, you, your healer, you protect your healer and your healer can keep your, your warriors on their toes and keep them standing. And out of a gameplay perspective, like if you're playing Diablo or, or, or like a video game, that makes a lot of sense. But in a role-playing sense, it really bothers me. Because to me, it's not the fighting that's interesting. And yeah, and I know that's me, and some people do like the fighting. I don't hate the fighting. Um, a fighting scene in role-playing can be fantastic as long as you relate to what's happening and you care about the people involved and you think about the future after the fight. But if most of the game is about the fight, then well, I'll be bored. And then I guess, you know, keep the healers. Um, but when you play it like that, I get robbed of the best parts of role-playing. The relationships and the fear of hurt and the and the plans and the dreams and hoping the best for your friends, taking care of each other. Uh, I think preparing for the fight or, or whatever happens before the fight that could lead to it is much more interesting than the fight itself. And so is the aftermath, if there is one. I mean, in D&D, if you play by the rules, there really isn't an aftermath. Because you don't have to tend to anyone's wounds. The healer just snaps their fingers and everyone's fine. And if you're out of spell slots, we'll just take a nap and then everyone's fine. Yeah, you heal everything at a short rest unless you're using like critical damage. But even that's kind of limited. So yeah, I really believe that healers need to be nerfed. I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I almost always play a healer. Not always, but yeah, I love playing a healer. I'm that kind of personality. I like... Uh, I like character relationships, and I guess that's a little bit of a shortcut, because support classes, the the making making connection to other characters is built in, because your relationship to them is kind of like your whole point in the party, if you're a support class. Um, but I, I will of course play relationships even if I'm not playing a healer or or a support class. Um, but if I get the option to magically help my friends, I will, because, you know, I, I play the game. But I feel robbed of role-playing the fear of my friends being hurt, my friends being in pain, and then once they have been hurt, treating their wounds, sitting by their bed worrying they might not make it through the night because of some risk of infection. Oh God, the, 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 the possibilities for gripping role-playing scenes are immense here. And in Dungeons and Dragons, playing by the rules, you just don't get that. Uh, I want more of that, and for that to happen, you need to seriously mod D&D, or just play another game that has it already. But not a lot of games have a system that I think is nice for this. And I kind of, yeah, I... I want to see more of this. I don't want to have to mod things. Because modding D&D to fit what I'm talking about will be hard. I like playing a healer, but if you remove this kind of healing, then the healer is just nerfed out of existence. So you need to give a healer something else. 
the game needs to be less combat oriented. Like one battle is big. Don't don't have three battles a day. Like a battle is big, then you recuperate for a while. You know, you avoid fighting, uh, like you would in real life, because fighting's dangerous. You don't want your friends to die, right? So, um, yeah. How about maybe, maybe no fully healing from long rests, maybe? And then maybe without a healer, healing your wounds takes a lot longer. A healer around uh, means that you, you just have to you know, rest for three or four days instead of three or four weeks, you know. And having to roleplay the healing, it's just lovely. I love it. And people care about each other. People worry about each other. I love teary being teared up and worrying about my friends not being able to make it or something like that. So that's my hot take. Uh, like health potions and stuff. I'll play with them if the, they are in the game, and I'll try to make it interesting anyway. Like, you can do things like making them very scarce. Um, or Simba Room, um, where where using magic is almost always dangerous until you're very powerful. Um, so that even little little bits of healing can actually be kind of hard to do because you're risking other things. Um, but I do, la I do miss worrying about people when I play Dungeons & Dragons a lot. Because I really love the, the, the bond you make when you do that. Oh, so, what do you think? Um, am I gonna get a flame storm? Don't touch my healers? <laughs> I, uh, I'd i like to hear your thoughts about this. I mean, chances are, if, if you're my friend and you listen to this, and especially if you're a role-playing friend, I've probably nagged your head off uh, about this already, and if, if you have, you probably already clicked away. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes. But that was my hot take. Um, so, let me finish off with some prose instead of poetry. This time, see, I mentioned Simba Room, and I think in my first episode, we I mentioned that we finished a, a big and amazing campaign. Uh, one thing we started doing is uh, appointing a recapper, like a narrative maybe? that every session would start with someone having an inner monologue but speaking it out loud as is, as in like previously on Simba Room and then you'd have like this internal monologue from a character to just explain what they're up to and and just get into the mood and this got so popular that eventually we started like we can do three or four people can can do that every session and I like to improvise mine some people would write them down to plan them properly and but I like to improvise because I, I I just get into character and talk and I kind of regret that now because I I love the recap so much and I regret not having them so in it, it, towards the end I started writing them down and I'm gonna read you the last recap I had in in the campaign the crown of thorns and I don't think no it's not gonna be spoilery because I only talk about things that are specific to our party I played um, the barbarian witch Elonine uh, she was a uh, keeper fledgling. She was in training to be her clan's keeper one day. Um, and she was out on this mission. A uh, personal mission together with Darnak, her brother-in-law. That's not really relevant to the story, but I'm sure I will talk about Darnak in the future. I'm going to talk about Simbaroom a lot because this campaign was so wonderful. But this was, um, this was the recap I did on the last session. Uh, my character had... Um, uh, rituals uh, and one was called witch circle 
and one was called Burrow. It, and having them in combination was really powerful because what I could do, the witch circle, uh, I would make one as long as I'm in as long as I'm touching nature, I can sit in the witch circle, and the circle would keep my body fed, healthy, warm, and like everything would be fine, everything would be perfect, uh, my body would be tended to. Like technically, you could sit in it for years and you would be fine, you'll be nourished, and you know, everything, like, the witch circle is amazing. And the ritual borrow means I can possess an animal outside the circle. It meant that I could keep watch over the party every night and still get up in the morning rested and well fed. Which means my character very seldom ate breakfast. Uh, except for twice. Uh, no, actually three times counting the last session. Um, because the first time when, when she was new in the party and she wasn't sure with uh, how many people would be okay with her using magic. So the first night in the caravan she slept on the ground and then, then she woke up hungry. And then once when we got to uh, the city of Inderos and they slept in one of the party members' uh, home and she had a bed, she woke up hungry and she ate breakfast. And this is the third time in the campaign where she ate breakfast. Um, and it's so amazing that just a simple thing as... I've already spoiled what the talk's going to be about. But breakfast is a big theme for this speech I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna I'm gonna hold for you, um, because like the the finishing episode of a great campaign, and the recap before it was about breakfast and still felt so right. We knew we were headed for the final battle. We knew that that there's a big risk that we won't survive, and even if most of us do. Some could die. And even if, even if we all survived, a lot of us would part ways after. And we had become very close on our adventure. So no matter how this was going to end, it was going to be sad. And this was a very big and dangerous foe. Uh, and everyone were afraid. And rightly so. So this is Elenin on the um, uh, morning of uh, the last day. Of her journey with her friends on this campaign. I had breakfast this morning. Ravina, I guess, invited me. It always seemed so wasteful to me to partake when there was no need. Except that first day in the large caravan and uh, after that night in a bed in Kerberon's home. She told me breakfast is more than just nourishment, and of course she's right. I did so enjoy the pastries in the park, and the mask making, and even the war paint just now, in spite of the looming threat that will follow. Letting Darnick paint us was nice. I treasured those moments so much. And that's part of what breakfast is. Time to enjoy each other's company. And I have missed it so many times and now I regret every single moment with my friends I could have had but chose not to this breakfast with them might be the last one we share together for some it will have been no matter how this day goes all that has happened all that is about to happen and here I am Thinking about the times I've missed breakfast. It's funny. 
what ends up really mattering in the end? That is now my aim. Another breakfast for every one of my friends. Let it be so. Oh god, I missed that campaign. Oh! Yes, I am. Oh wow. Yes. On my blog, I'm going to post the uh, the commissioned art uh, by Black Halo Art. Uh, the artist calls herself that we commissioned of our party and you can see it. My character is the one on the left in the hood. Um, uh, the blog is queencaddis.com if you are on a podcast um, app that doesn't show the artwork. Yes, watch our glorious party. And yes, that campaign is over, but we are going to start another one uh, in a couple of months. We're going to have the session zero for our sequel campaign in December. And it's going to be glorious. I love it so much. Oh, yes. Okay, so thank you for listening and uh, have a great day. Goodbye.